All right, well, welcome everybody into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live and in color on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. As promised before the commercial break, that we're going to bring in a huge star. (laughs) 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 Jamal Mares joins us. He's getting ready tonight. It's Wednesday night hockey on Rogers. Pittsburgh and Tampa. We also have uh, the Edmonton Oilers getting right back in it with their quest to get back into the race. Jammer, how are you, pal? Thanks for joining us. Doing well. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, In terms of where you want to start, uh, you want to help us tee up your game a little bit tonight? 7 o'clock start? Yeah, obviously it's uh, Pittsburgh and Tampa. Two teams that are kind of similar this year. We're underachieving, perhaps. Tampa having a little bit of an excuse with Vasilevsky being out. But now that he's got back, you know, can they kind of find a way to get their get their groove back? I feel like they've taken an exhale and uh, the last little while, and they've had to find a way um, to play Tampa Bay hockey. But I'm not quite sure they're built the same to be mm-hmm. able to do that anymore. So having done one of their games and talking to Coop, and I think he – if you. I could kind of sense that feeling from him as well that, you know, are they really that team that they were to contend for a cup? That's, you know, we were talking about uh, the Leafs, like Sheldon almost feels like desperate. He's yelling at the team today on the ice, like their record's decent. Tampa kind of feels like the same thing where Cooper, you see him getting mad at the team on the bench a lot more. And earlier this year in our show, he said he doesn't have to yell at them very often because they know. But, like, it's almost like you feel it slipping through your fingers a little bit because they've spent a lot of assets to be good. You know, do you, so there is some worry, you think, with Cooper that maybe this team is not quite where they've been in the past. It's cyclical, right? You, you, you typically go from being a bad team, and once you develop your younger players and become a good team, you generally have younger players contributing significantly on entry-level deals. And when eventually, they need to get paid. And so when they get paid, you can't keep your team together anymore. So there's a finite amount of time to, for the window of winning, and you're hopeful that you develop and can replenish quickly enough and find players. But it's not easy. They tried to do it, and they've kind of made some misses in, in regard to their bottom six. And filling those holes, it makes you realize how important some of those guys have been. John Cooper, one of the, uh, the most tenured coach in the National in the league. Hockey League. Yeah. It's quite remarkable the run that he's had uh, in today's era where sometimes you know, it's hard to hold these kids attention yeah no. squirrel squirrel <laughs> i think you need that in the room do right? you Leadership. do you believe that there is a shelf life for a lot of coaches here i mean you played almost a thousand games was there a coach that you just knew was on borrowed time i think typically my experience is coaches that that are so demanding and mentally draining have a limited shelf life the coaches that are able to like pull on your that can lean on the room and that can pull on your individual competitiveness and trust the leadership group to kind of manage some of the the standards that its team creates will be able to do it for longer periods of time. And I think Coop's in that in that same breath. They've, he's created a standard. He's let the players now manage that standard and maintain it. He has to go in and remind them what their standard is. But I think the key for for coaches to have that sustainability is Make it become the player's standard, not yours. Mm-hmm. If it's your standard and they never meet it, you're never going to be able to keep it. 
You know what's crazy is I, I wrote a little bit about this and how teams can't keep their best players. Listen to the names they've lost uh, over the years here. Ryan McDonough, Yanni Gord, Andre Palat, Alex Kalorn, Carter Verhage, Matthew Joseph, Blake Coleman, Barkley Goodrow, David Savard, Luke Shen, Tyler Johnson. Those are all guys that were on their cup teams. Like, yeah. how, you know, to continue to have success, eventually you do feel like that drop-off is coming, which brings me to the Penguins, who they're playing tonight. Uh, Crosby having a good year. Malkin pretty good. Like, a lot of their players are doing really well. They're seventh in the division still, you know, what's going on? Why is that team scuffling despite the fact that their best players have been pretty good? Another example where they're perhaps too reliant on their top, on their top six and their top five or seven players. And you need to have everybody. I mean, it just, it just doesn't work. You need younger guys contributing. I don't know what's happening in NHL, but for me, there's a lot of guys that just take up space. The bottom six, it's like, what are they? Mm-hmm. They don't check. They don't produce offensively. They just skate around a million miles an hour and don't do anything. What do you think Sam does for our show? <laughs> you need to fill bodies at some point. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm not like, you know, when we had an, a role. It was an energy guy, kill penalties. Like, you dial into that role and you take pride in that role. I feel like a lot of these guys, have, they feel like they should be on the first line. They feel like they should be on the second line. They're like, they never quite, and all those, like six of those guys that you mentioned, Really good players, but re- relish their role as a third, fourth-line guy on a winning team. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Let me just keep the, the conversation going on head coaches because we heard today uh, a press conference, major press conference in Ottawa today, announcing Jacques Martin back with the Ottawa Senators as a senior advisor to coach DJ Smith for the Sens. What did you make of it? Well, I always take it from the player's perspective, and I think two things it does, in my opinion, negatively. It gives the players an out, so the players can say, oh, obviously I knew that system didn't work when we started doing it. Yeah. And you kind of make the players listen less to the head coach. So what are you trying to accomplish? I, I feel like if you're going to do something like that, I'd rather the players didn't know. I'm not saying he doesn't need it and, and teams don't support their staffs and I, have brilliant people behind like the that. scenes. I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. My first thought was if you're going to have a, a major press conference, it better be to Make him the anou- coach. announce a new coach. To, to, to say that you're adding someone as a consultant or an advisor – to me, I get the fact that he's a big name. He is the winningest coach in franchise history. Uh, most games, I, I get all of that. But you're drawing more attention to your point to the players to say, oh, this is a big deal, and he's a pretty big guy, and he's a pretty powerful guy, and he's going to come in and now kind of coach behind DJ Smith. Mm-hmm. Is that is that maybe uh, somehow players can think that way well they haven't they've had trouble scoring goals we all know that but really it's about defending if you're bringing in him right so at the end of the day there's only three ways to defend man on man more of a zone or a man and a half they call it so typically it's like if the puck's in my area i'm on it but if i get beat there's layers so there's really only three ways to defend what how much is he really going to change to me defending is is your willingness to do it how committed are you to defending Mm -hmm. it's not like He's going to come in and reinvent playing team defense, turning pucks over, allowing odd man rushes, not protecting the house, protecting your position, understanding time, score, situation. Like, it's on the players. 
the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a really unique spot because the players are, you're right, it almost does like confuse the role a little bit. Like, who, who's, who am I listening to here? So, you know, that's that seems to be the thing right now with a team, you know, a league where everyone or 20 teams are all pretty good. You see the Oilers make a coaching change, and yeah, they're kind of doing a little bit better, but the Wild make one, and they're doing a lot better. What happens to teams when you put a new guy back there? It's not like these guys that get hired have won 10 cups in the past. They just seem like new guys more than anything. So why is there a, and I maybe you don't like the phrase, but dead cat bounce, as yeah. they call it when a new guy comes in? I feel like there's two things that could happen. One is some guys who've been squeezing their sticks a little bit tight, too tight, kind of relaxed. That's mostly the higher-end skill players. Mm-hmm. For energy guys like myself, it's like, okay, is this guy for real? Is he really saying that if you play well, you're going to play more? So there's actually – I can chew in, chew up a few more minutes if I, if he likes me. Yeah. So it's like, okay, he kind of a, a new person kind of can appeal to both sides, right? So everybody feels like I've got to prove it to this new guy. This is my chance to earn more ice time. This is my time to relax and just play and have fun. So all those things happen at the same time. But you won't really know if it's a if it works. Lasting. It, it sounds funny. Like five games isn't really a benchmark. It's like we'll see how they are halfway through the season. Like twenty five games in with him. So, um, but good. Give credit to Billy G, who who was one of the best teammates I've ever played with. Who understood top line all the way through the lineup, how important every person was. And he has a great understanding and the pulse of his group. And, mm-hmm. and he probably wanted to make that change four games prior, but wanted to make sure he can get the person he wanted and, and it made the move. It's probably not easy to do it. I'm sure you create a relationship as a manager with your coaches and you brought them in, you liked them, you want them to succeed. They had high asp- They This team was thinking about cup before the season started. Right. So, um, but it's not easy to, to fire someone, so give him credit for that. Four answered, four unanswered goals by San Jose. Uh, uh, I know this is a team that uh, is near uh, to dear <laughs> to your heart, JB. But we'll let Jammer go first on the New York Islanders here, and I, I get there's a legend running that team right now in Lou Lamorello, but at some point, are people going to be expecting changes there? That's you're right, absolute legend genius of the game the mentality the understanding the building of like everybody understanding that you're pulling in the same way nobody ever did it like Lou and there's so many managers and coaches that have been mentored by him so his legacy will live on in in that regard um I don't know I think that you have to let the players play they look tight they don't look like they're committed to playing the way that they want to play it doesn't look like it's fun. And that's that can't be – I think the players have changed. And in some respects, it sounds silly to say – like, listen. When, Ch- when change, I, like they, 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 they don't take their work home with them. Uh, they're less emotional on losses. Where, where do you point first on the change? They want more say. They want to be involved in decisions in how you're playing. Give me an example. I am I, for 20 minutes or 10 texting. minutes. This has been vo- a voice text has all been to recorded. My wife. So She's you said be like, that to Thank his you wife, very much. Interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that I think our expectations of as adults and coaches have changed. Of I don't think they've changed in that respect. Kids, 
think they still want structure. They still, still want, but now they want to participate in that. At the end of my career, I remember having a PK meeting, and one of the young guys says, well, why would we do that? And I was like, because he said so. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean? Look at this guy. Are you crazy? Like, yeah. It's like our kids. <laughs> yeah, right. But they want to participate in why. And I think that as difficult as I saw that transitioning happen near the end of my career, I started to see it. Now I'm an, a parent, and I, they want to participate in that. So not saying they haven't evolved and done that part, but I think you got to be careful with this generation of where you're choosing to um, control them. Because mm-hmm. I think it starts to chip away from their joy of what they're trying to do. So that, to me, is the challenge. Like, how do you marry those two things about the structure and all those things that he wants in there? Some of it have to, you have to back off a little bit to... to I don't know, I feel like they're just not having fun. But that's, a, you know, it's really a fundamental question because imagine telling your strictest coach in the NHL that you weren't finding any joy in your role. Be like, the joy just isn't there for me, coach. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it is different that anyone should care about that, which it is a job for a lot of these guys. So it is quite the evolution. I've seen it, I, you know, I worked with Sheldon Keefe in the minors and there was a power play meeting where it was just, what do you guys see? What do you guys want to do? You know, let's, you know, and not saying that you would let them, but really hearing them out. And that is sort of a different mentality of a coach than certainly I'm sure when you were playing. I think the Minnesota Wild is a perfect example of maybe getting more power back into a head coach. Minnesota lost seven in a row, took out Dean Evison, and now have won four in a row. I, I think there's a lot of struggling teams out there that maybe a few owners might be going, hmm, if it worked for them, maybe it might work for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, what do you see out of Minnesota for four games that we didn't see prior? Just uh, resilience. And some. it's not just the change. It's like my understanding is that Hines is a very demanding coach. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, goes back, to, again, to Billy G's awareness of what his group needed in that moment. Like, he saw things he didn't like. I don't watch them every day enough to know, but he knows enough to know this isn't the group that I expected. This isn't the compete. And some of those things are fixable, right? So that's what a coach can do. A new coach can come in and and say, this is the standard. If you don't meet the standard, you're not going to play. And then he's trying to build that standard for them to make it their own, right? So they're having success. So the early success also makes him makes them buy in even more. Oh, you know, this guy's ideas work. Yeah. yeah. So uh, another guy who is going to be playing for a new head coach, hasn't played for him before, uh, Patrick Kane, former teammate of yours. Uh, hip surgery coming back tomorrow. He makes his debut as a Detroit Red Wing. What are your expectations? Do you think he's going to be able to come back and contribute in a meaningful way after, you know, a fairly invasive procedure? Yeah. After, you know, I've talked to him a few times, and honestly, I think that, Initially, I was a little bit surprised that he went to Detroit. Mm -hmm. But now, knowing him and knowing his mentality, he thinks, in his mind, he's going to play six more years, five or six more years. Really? So for him, this isn't like, I'm going to come back and I want to win a cup, which I think a lot of us thought that he was going to do. He's thinking, where can I play in the top six, play with really good players, and show I still have it? Not only for the NHL and everybody else around, but for himself. He's playing on 
for three years playing on one leg. Um, he's the fastest to ever come back from this this surgery. Yeah. I read an article that where he was skating after two months, and he was stayed in. I think he had it in New York. He stayed in New York and was skating, um, getting the motion down and like kind of redefined. I think Ed Jovanovsky was one of the last hockey players to get this done. But the long-winded answer is he's going to be closer to the Patrick Kane of 30 years old than the last two years that we saw. He's going to be he's going to be really good. Love yeah, that. we had Jovo on last week, and Dr. Uh, Jovo, for the yeah, Doctor Jovo. If uh, anyone wants to go back and find that podcast, uh, it's worth uh, it's a worth listen in terms of his knowledge on having hip surgery and what he went through and the chances for success for for Pat Kane. Uh, but Detroit at fourteen seven and three is starting to look like a good choice for for Pat Kane. I don't. The, the only thing I see that derails something in the future for Pat Kane in Detroit is if he can't play anymore. I don't think he picked Detroit to either get traded again in March or leave next summer. I really believe that he picked Detroit because he sees something in the next three or four or five years, whatever he envisions playing. I think he wants to stay in Detroit. That's would, a good point. Would you agree with that? I, I think that's a good point. I would. I would say he wants to play the year out with Detroit. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. I think that probably is what part of the conversation he had with Stevie Y is, regardless of how yeah. I do this, if I even if I play well, can you promise me that I'll stay here well, the whole year? I, I don't see him as a guy that just wants to bounce from team he to team He doesn't want to now. do that. He doesn't want to do that. You know, sometimes you're like years later and you look at Rick Talkett and you're like, he, he played for the Boston Bros. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. Well, I remember thinking that, you know, when Perry and um, Felino signed their Blackhawk deals, that part of that would be eventually they would go to a cup contender, and that might be part of the appeal of being in Chicago. So, yeah, I guess it's different motivations for people. If Kane feels, you know, he's got three Stanley Cups, maybe less desperate to go chase one instead of finding a place he can play three years after this summer. Yeah. Be a top UFA. No, no one loves the – there's only – play with – lucky to play with a lot of really good players – can only think of t- and one other guy that loves the game as much as Patty Kane does, and that's Joe Thornton. Yeah, like just love everything about it. Coming to the ring, talking about hockey, watching hockey, just everything about it. Staying on the ice, I'm like, dude, I can't start getting bag skated until you get off. Get <laughs> yeah, off can the you ice. Go home. Enough. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to tell him, come on. And yeah. so he just loves the game. The fact that he's close to 100 healthy health wise. I mean, anything can happen. I think the difference between him and Jovo, too, is Patty Kane's 182 pounds. Jovo's such a good point. way more physical, lumbering around. Like, he was a little older when he had the surgery. Kaner, I, I tried, when I played against Kaner, I tried. I told him I'm going to try to, I'm trying to run him over every time I could. Couldn't hit him. Yeah, no one ever hits him. It's, it it's hard to hit him. Yeah. He doesn't get hit. So, it's about how he feels and how he moves. It's Jamal Mayer's getting ready for Wednesday night hockey here on Sportsnet. Pittsburgh and Tampa starting 7 p.m. Eastern. Also on the network regionally is Carolina and Edmonton. Did you buy into that whole American Thanksgiving that they're a cooked turkey? The turkey? I didn't. My kids didn't want turkey. <laughs> and, uh, I love Thanksgiving, but we flew, I, I had to fly back early on Thursday of Thanksgiving. I like to do the cooking, so I'm like, 
I'm not cooking turkey. It takes too much work if you don't not don't really want it. So I made a tenderloin. Where, yeah, where did you have Edmonton at American Thanksgiving? Missing the playoffs or a team that no, no, not so fast. I had them missing, but now maybe what was more clear for, like I think that all gets thrown out the window because the West is a mess. And I mean, some teams who make the playoffs this year are going to eighty what eighty something seven right. And so I think that that's kind of not it's an abnormal year for that, but. Having covered a couple of their games, three of their games, I was really concerned. They, they weren't defending. They weren't, like, I think we realized how important Dreisaitl and McDavid were. They've never struggled right. that mightily. Together. Together at the yeah. same time. Um, they have their holes, but they'll. I think they'll figure it out. Goaltending kind of exposed a lot of what was wrong with them. Um, hopefully they've figured that part out with Skinner. But, you know, it's hard to doubt. I think they make the playoffs. I don't think – I thought they were a cup contender. I'm not sure of that. Okay, well, listen, we know you got a meeting coming up, a uh, big night ahead on, on the network. We really uh, appreciate you coming by and stopping by. Oh, this was fun. Thanks a lot for having me. Okay. Thanks, Jamal Mayers, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we uh, welcome back in, uh, we'll bring Sammy in, and we're going to go over some uh, quarter pole trophies. Calder, Hart, Norris, Vesna, Jack. I think we're going to think me and you would probably would. I'm thinking, thanks, pal. I'm, I'm thinking maybe we're, we're going to hit maybe three out of the five. Think so? Yeah. That's I, I, I kind of went off the board a little bit. Did well, you? Yeah, yeah. Let's, okay, let's I can't wait to hear it. Okay, right. Sammy McKee back after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Let's welcome back in Sammy McKee. And when we have a guest, like, where do you go? I just sit outside the door. Oh, you do? Yeah. All right. I would well, go to the calf. Buddy, who is here, he stole my seat, his handler there. What was the guy's name? Garrett. Garrett. The handler. Well, he stole my seat, so I had to go out. Jamal's handler. He doesn't need one. Uh, you got game time for us? Oh, or yeah, you sure. want to do it now? Or? I'm just, uh, sorry, I was just busy scrolling Twitter yeah. for uh, updates. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's game time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. So, I'll just do a quick one. Quick check-in. Okay. Same as yesterday. Plus minus, 150. Minus 175 for the Dodgers. Plus 150 for the Blue Jays. And the LA Angels have gone into third with plus 700. So, question. Yes. Would this be an opportunity for a mighty happiness hedge to place $500? I have a silly number, but like a lot of money on the Dodgers. If you lose your money, you're happy. But then he goes to the Angels, and you're like, oh, wow, that was dumb. Okay. Um, excuse my uh, gambling ignorance <laughs> here. But, like, with so many people involved, mm. from the Blue Jays to the Dodgers to mm-hmm. – could not somebody know for sure and just go to a buddy who knows a buddy who knows a buddy Probably. and say, yes. put down a lot of money sure and make money? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that would be called uh, Josh Norris. 
Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Shane no, Pitt doesn't no. even live anymore. Josh Norris. <laughs> you're, you're, but also, hey, the Norris family. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hi, line one, the Norris family for I, Sammy I got, McKee. I got my marginal Ottawa Senators mixed up. Oh, oh boy. boy. Okay, now, looking ahead. Uh, the World Juniors are coming around the corner, and I was looking at the odds. They have them on Bet365. And you know I love the World Juniors, and I want to talk about how Minton and Easton Cowan both headed to the World Junior Selection Camp. Not on the team, but both headed to the camp, which is great. Canada is plus 300 to win the tournament. I feel like, I mean, they're probably going to win or come close to winning, so you'll be in that bet. So uh, I don't mind that. A little plus 300 bet on Canada to win the World Juniors. That's looking way ahead. Uh, Tonight, a couple games. One you were talking about with uh, with Jammer, with the um, Lightning and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh plus 110 in Tampa. I think it's a bit of a mid-off. Neither of these teams are very good, I wouldn't think. And I like Pittsburgh wow. a little bit more. So give me the Penguins at plus 110 in Tampa, fellas. Yeah, okay. I like that. Okay. By the way, you mentioned the World Juniors. Also a good time to watch Kip and me on TV all the time. Oh, yeah. You guys, <laughs> the Leafs play on, like, the 27th, 29th, 30th, 2nd. We're, we're all over it. We'll be on camera. Um, and Carolina is plus 100 in Edmonton tonight. Uh, going to be some goals in that game, I would imagine. The total's pretty high. I wouldn't mind having Carolina with the over in that one. And I don't know what's wrong with Carolina. Mm-hmm. They're they can't get a save. 18 and 9 and no 1. Saves. It looks good. Yeah. But there's something not right there. They're 32nd in save percentage. They're getting no saves. The one that blows me away a little bit, too, is Orlov at 7.5 million. Is he still winning the... And the green jacket. There, there's some nights he's playing, what, 14, 15 minutes. Like, I'm shocked that this guy's not playing like a a stud that he was Crazy, in Boston. Right? We saw early. him in Boston. They were calling him Bobby Orlov. I know. Which is a great nickname. He was unbelievable there. It is baffling watching his performance there. All right. Um, and uh, last one, because uh, there's some good games on tonight. Uh, Florida Panthers at home against the Dallas Stars. A Florida Panthers win with Sergey Bobrovsky, 30-plus saves, plays plus 425. So I like oh, that as a little same game. Right. So there That's you go. Great, uh, nice that was same. Uh, that was game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary. Bet365 must be 19-plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. And for the record, with absolutely zero leaks coming out of uh, Otani uh, negotiations, there's no chance that a friend tells a friend tells a friend. No. Tells a friend. But if any of our friends know anything, <laughs> call us. <laughs> yeah, we could use a call. I would let us that. know. I would love someone to uh, tell me. I'd love to get that scoop. That'd be a good one. Uh, yes. Because I think it's a fairly significant story uh, here in Canada that Jacques Martin is back with the Ottawa Senators. I want to get your thoughts, too, on it, Sammy. But... Um, just in terms of, I think, the heat, perhaps, that Michael Landlauer, the new owner of Ottawa, and Steve Steos were feeling on an Ottawa fan base calling for DJ Smith, his job, mm. was this kind of built up to kind of appease some people and to help alleviate some of that talk and just calm the waters down? Well, I liked your point and I hadn't thought of it because I think if you're Ann Lauer, you're going, okay, people aren't happy with the maybe the, the coaching staff or whatever. 
So we'll bring in someone who's established. He's an Ottawa guy. He's an all-timer here. What's the harm in having him on the staff? But you read his role. So he's the eye in the sky, but he's going to come down every intermission and go in the coach's office and talk about what he's seen. This is not, I, uh, I'll come in once a week, every, every month. Every intermission he's coming down. Day to day. Yeah. At age 71. So, and I'm not telling anybody that, you know, he should be put away to pasture or anything no, like that. No, but, fine. you know, at, at age 71. Running the president. It might, the 80s, it might not be everybody's first choice. It's not yeah. like you're, it's not like, hey, Jacques Martin's out there and where's he going to go? It's not like we've had that conversation uh, the last little while. Yeah. No, it's going to be unique. And so I was, when I was at the Marlies, Jacques Martin was a special advisor with the Leafs and he would come around a little bit. Him and Jacques Caron would come, come by and DJ Smith was an assistant coach there. So they have a relationship that goes back to Toronto, those two. So I don't know if there's some tie where DJ's like, I wonder if DJ was approached and said, would you have interested in this? Or if someone said, hey, here's a guy we're putting in your hip pocket. What do you think? Like, I wonder if DJ would have had the authority to turn this down if he didn't want it. I don't think that was brought to him. I'd be shocked to hear. I would like to decline that. Then you won't be here. I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think he he knows the temperature of the water out there, and it just doesn't it doesn't line up. I think this is one of those where they, they got to string some wins in a row and they got to get out that uh, that perception that they're bottom feeders in the uh, Eastern Conference, no matter what the, the record shows. And I don't know, is he is he there? If, if DJ does not dig this team out and, and get them truly in a position to make the playoffs, the hand of the reins. Does, does it go to Jacques Martin for the rest of the season? That's the logical choice here, is it not now? Boy, I don't know. So Martin was with the Penguins when they won the cup as an assistant coach in 2016 and 17, I believe. I don't know where. Is that right? I don't know. I'm yeah. looking up right yeah. now. Yeah. So he was with the Leafs after that. So yeah, it's uh, I don't. It would be surprising to name him the head coach of an NHL team. So, but he, there does seem to be this relationship with Ann Lauer, which he values. Right, he's got Steos as a guy. They obviously see him as someone that they want around. So yep. yeah, he, maybe you're right, Kip. He was an assistant in 2021 with the Rangers as well. It was his last on the yeah. bench stop? Yeah, yeah. Been with some I, good teams. I just can't imagine that DJ Smith is really excited about this. Yeah, you're probably. It's right. it's hard to be like, oh, oh, I think he'd hate it. I mean, how could you not? You're like you're bringing in a guy that's literally watching me from above and coming not down and addressing guy. me. Not a like, guy. Uh, they're an Ottawa senator legend. legend. Yeah, yeah. would you say he's got their all time wins leader, their all time coach, coach, playoff, playoff, wins, everything, like all the records. So it, to me, nine it's, years can't be a good sign. Interesting. Okay, but it's interesting uh, for sure. You guys want to do a little quarter poll action here? Well, on, do you know uh, people are going to get mad at you for saying quarter poll, Kip? Because what is quarter it? poll is actually the final quarter of the horse race. The first quarter is not. <laughs> Look at so at eighty-two games, you're, you're a regular Eddie O over here. Hey, yeah. Mister Racehorse yeah. and guy. sixty-one <laughs> games would be the quarter poll. Okay, uh, so anyway. scratch uh, and at the quarter mark and the down quarter. the stretch is no good too, right? <laughs> You got anything else for me? Just being pedantic to really set the tone for the show. Okay. Sorry about that. I had to say it. At the 22 and a half game mark. How's that? <laughs> Perfect. You nailed it. Well, that's quarter-ish. 
Ish. Ish. Please move on. I regret saying it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kipper, this was, wasn't this your idea? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, then let's do it. Who's the MVP Heart of the league so trophy. far? Who has been the best? Or not who we think is going to win it. Not a prediction. Not a whatever. The season ended right now. The Hart Trophy goes to Kucherov. Nikita Kucherov. Yes. Mm. Samwise Gamgee. Quinn Hughes. I hate that we have the same one. I also pick Quinn Hughes. Yeah. Cooch, tell me their Cooch justification. Uh, I just think... Uh, a lot. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah, le- leading the league in points. Is yeah, and uh, I don't know where this team would be without him. Yeah. The power play would be without him. Don't even know if they're going to be consistent enough to hold a, a spot or not in the playoffs, yeah. but he is their team. Yeah, I can't argue with that. It's It's definitely a worthwhile vote. The Quinn Hughes one... Kale McCarr right there, neck and neck for me. I think, you know, Kale McCarr has a breath more points per game, but yeah. Quinn Hughes has just controlled hockey every minute of the season. So if if we are doing this, like, in the vacuum that the season ends today, yeah, I think a lot of what goes into these awards is the narratives mm-hmm. and the stories and where teams are expected to be versus where they end up and who that, guy, that team's best player is. And I think the Canucks have been... Maybe the biggest surprise in the league to this point. Sure. Scuffling a little bit now. Yeah. But he's been their best player, plays in all situations, has the puck the most of anybody in the league. It's a narrative-based one for me and a pandering one for our friends in, in uh, Vancouver. It's but, pulled back a little bit, though. It, but, how, but also, how about this? But the Are season we sure ended today? Quinn Hughes is the best in his family this year? Uh, I would Jack, say Jack, he would be the MVP if he didn't get hurt, Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is leading the NHL in yeah. points per game at 1.83. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a, there's a worthwhile vote there. Kale McCarr in the conversation. Um, and also, I want to make a note as a voter for these. I am dying to give Nathan McKinnon a Hart Trophy. He should have won it the year Taylor Hall got it. No question. He should have won it, I don't know, a year or two ago. I forget what year it was. He's had my vote both times. He just is a force to be reckoned with. A ton of points this year. He's had, he's had a great season, so keep an eye so on McKinnon. just to look at the odds of our three picks... Quinn Hughes is 22 to 1, and Nikita Kudrov is 5 to 1. So Kipper's closer to being correct than we are, according to the books. So there you go. Way to go, Kip. You win the closest to the books award. uh, So if you go hard for Hughes, you got to go Norris. Dead. Norris and Quinn. Uh, (laughs) You and Kale McCarr on this one? Flip a coin. Yeah. I mean, but does it have to be? It just makes no literal sense. If you say this guy's a better defenseman, yeah, I guess. You can't. Okay. So well, I guess that's why that's why that's okay. why uh, defense would never wins the Norris. I mean, the defense who never wins the MVP is because they just get the Norris, right? Yeah. Part of it. Let me rephrase this and go off the board. Okay. Okay. Is that a horse racing term? Can I use off the You're board? You're allowed to use that. You okay. have my permission. You. Yeah. Okay. If you had one se- game seven, who would you want? Hughes or Makar? Makar. Oh. That good. was fast. Yeah, I, I've thought about this. This is not I'm going to say Makar. Yeah. I'm going to say Makar. Just a bigger body, right? Like he's... Just, he's got that physical element. He's that, won the cup. That, he was unbelievable yeah, for them no, when they but won. He's just... He's, he's physically more dominant mm-hmm. than Quinn. That's no it. question. That's it. And that's an element that cannot be... Cannot game. be, uh, you know, overstated yeah. enough. Nope. Worthwhile. Uh, Vezina Trophy. This has to be the hardest one. Vezina Trophy. Did you, did you have a... Uh, for me... I, I'd go Demko, and I know, it, again, it's not 
uh, it's not that pretty in the last week, but it's a perfectly valid vote. Uh, minutes played, save percentage. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's Demko all day long for me. I think Demko is he's second in like goal saved above expected. He's right there. He's he's absolutely it. I I have Aiden Hill just because he's margin. I don't think Vegas has been that good. I think they've got a lot of really good goaltending, and his numbers are like incrementally better than Demko in a couple of categories. And I just said to myself, if Aiden Hill were in Canada, would I have picked him over Demko? And it's like, yeah, I would. So I'm going to give it to Hill. This is the one I struggle with the most because I looked at, I just looked at what the top 10, the top 10 goalies in save percentage. It was the first place I went to look. And like you said, Aiden Hill's number one in save percentage of the 935. And then it's Jeremy Swayman, 9-3-2. Connor Ingram. He's been awesome. Cam Talbot. Charlie Lindgren. Simeon Varlamov, and he's only played eight games. I understand that. Same with Lindgren. 13 games, Logan Thompson, 9-19. Allmark, 9-18. Tristan Jari, 9-18. And the last is Jonathan Quick at 9-18. So it's not Brodeur, Wall, and Hasek is your point. It's It's a bunch of guys. I really don't know what to kind of pick out of that. I guess if I was going to go with one from that list, the Boston guys are really good. I guess it's hard to pick. Allmark won it last year, but maybe this is the year that Swayman wins it. He's got 13 starts. You know, I, I, I don't know. So maybe that's my pick. I'll go with Jeremy Swayman. How do you like that? I like it. I also uh, need to ask you what your shirt means. What? Your, what your shirt means. 10 oh, yeah. hockey. What's that? That's just the guys I play with on Thursday morning. I wasn't intended to wear it, but it was... <laughs> hey, Todd. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, never, no. 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 No, but I had to take off my sweater. Gotcha. So, yeah, 10 gotcha. shout out the boys. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going Jeremy Swayman. All right. What are we on to next? What do we like? Jack Adams? Got a coach of the year for me, boys? Yeah, I do. Kipper? You go first. Laviolette. That's good. Yeah. Good pick. I think they are all, they've been a good team, and I know they're scuffling a little bit here. It's a tough time for our, us voters at this point of the season. I think Laviolette, just the way they've looked in the games that I've watched, Versus how they've looked in years past. They just look like they're playing a little bit different, more locked down brand of hockey. Yeah. So give me Laviolette. Thought about McClellan too. I got John Tortorella. The really? Flyers are seventh in the East. And I think a lot of people had them as a bottom two or three team this year. They, they got, what's the word that he said? They got heart. I think he said they have. <laughs> they got a lot of heart there in Philly. And I think that starts with the, the coach's mentality. I'm going off the board on this one. Mm. Winnipeg Jets. Scott Arneal and Rick Bonus. That is way off the board. No Rick talking, by the way. Uh, wow. Yeah. Tell me. I, I had Winnipeg just dead and buried yeah. this year. We did. So much. We've been mean to them over the years. So much uh, yes. oh. adversity <laughs> with the contracts and the players wanting out and nobody wants to sign there. And all I'm watching is the other night, these guys go tic-tac-toe, Nick Ehlers and... Yeah, the rest of them just they they look like they're a fun team to watch, and they look like they enjoy being with each other. And you know how can you not credit that coaching staff? And I know Rick Bonus has been gone for quite a while. Now he's returned, but you know Scott Arneal has been this guy that nobody really talks about, but they're doing something really well there. All right, and uh, I just think. I think the record shows it at uh, what fourteen eight and two. Yep, good stuff. All right, and well, last one. I'm just, is, I'm oh. just looking at the the, the books. Yeah. I am trying to find um, that pick. 
not. <laughs> He's just scrolling down. So John, John Tortorella is twenty-five to one, uh, and I don't think they have it posted here because it's like been a it's been a two-guy situation. No but, bonus. Yeah. Wow. That's how you know you're going to get paid. No, it's, to get there, that one it's right. there. It's there. It's 20 to 1. 20 to 1. All right. Yeah. Uh, and anyone not have Connor Bedard for Calder? <sighs> no. I'd, no. Like, I'd like to sit here and get off the board. Greasy with it, but there's just no way. Yeah. He's Luke Hughes has been pretty great. Yeah. Rock he really Faber. has. Brock Faber in Minnesota have been very yeah. good. I'm going to do a, an article tomorrow for the Toronto Star just talk about uh, just in general bench management, line changes. Uh, oh length of shifts. Um, oh. You know, he's one of the top guys in the league for length of shifts, eh? Who's that? Connor Bedard. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Kipper, you came in after his debut. Fourth game of the year. So was that <laughs> early? His shifts are too. <laughs> just killed. Right, too. And you're right. But it's just out of control. <laughs> I had last, I remember you and I did sort the, he was third longest average shift length. Yes. Over a minute average Average length, over a minute. Which means lots, of the, half the time. A rookie. Okay. So I don't have as much of a problem with that as you two do. It's ridiculous. For sure, not that he's a rookie to me. Just that, that that's way too long. No, chef. Blah blah, and a rookie. Okay, so he's supposed to come off the ice for you know I don't know. Lerb Turgeson, uh, yeah, their fourth liner. Mackenzie Ent whistle. Like <laughs> I don't know if I'm sitting on that bench. I'm Connor Bedard trying to win a hockey game, and I look over at the bench with my nobody squad. No. I might stay out there an extra 10 seconds. It's not his job to figure out, worry about yeah. who well, else is out Sam, there. Sammy, you go into a room and you portray that um, I'm playing with a nobody squad. We'll see how long you last well, in guess that what? room. I don't have to do that. That's why I'm, <laughs> that's why I'm no. sitting here. You have to boss sit there with says, your... I know I talk a lot, but I can't hand the ball to these guys. 1001 t-shirt. <laughs> that's what you do. I just, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that big a deal like you guys do. Yeah. I don't care that he's a rookie. He just uh, but isn't that, on the, isn't that on the coach to tell him? Be like, hey, man. Some of it, yeah. Shorten him up. But he's trying to win. He's their best player. Trying to sell tickets. I, I don't want to undercut your article tomorrow, but, you know, the couple of guys at the top of the list had a coach that people didn't think was doing a very good job for a while. Three out of four Minnesota Wild. That's right. And he ain't there anymore. No. Nope. So tighten it up, coach. Yeah. What, what, what was number one? Was it? Uh, Kirill the Thrill uh, what, what in was Minnesota. What? 105 average 105 shift average. Should be like 37 or like 41, 43 okay. if you're if busting was, your ass. I was going to say between 41 and 47 was going to be what I would say is like a good yeah. one. 30 is too short, so, man. You're not, you you're know, not doing anything. If, if you want to kind of connect the dots with uh, Minnesota again, so Kirill the Thrill, number one, with the longest uh, average shifts. Yeah. Second was Zuccarello. Well, Zach, yeah. <laughs> Sliding in third, Connor Bedard. And then we're back to uh, Minnesota with uh, 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 Goldie. Yeah, Boldy. Boldy. Yeah. Goldie, Boldy. Yeah. Uh, you know, at some point, you got to get the Oscars hook off the stage. We need you to catch your breath or you're not going hard enough out there. Yeah. Um, all right, where else do you guys want to go? I, hey, concerned, this- concerned. we didn't really talk about this out of the Board of Governors, but uh, Gary Bettman concerned about uh, an ice rink not yeah, being we, built we, in time. We mentioned it yesterday, yeah. but this is just vintage. You he's, think? You think oh, but this yeah. is a, not a new complaint. This has been on the radar. For but that. he's just, he's gearing it up. For what? To not send him. 100%. Well, no, 
No kidding there, Sherlock Holmes. There's no rink. Oh, there'll be a rink. He'll be fine. Oh, really? He's, he's laying the groundwork All to right. pull the shoe. So this is... He, 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 no, I don't buy that for a second. He doesn't want to shut down the league. If they he never wants to shut down the league. a rink. Now, I... It's a issue. Yeah, they don't get done. They're the Olympics. They're they dependable get, over there. They'll get her figured well, out. Like, Throw like, money at the problem. Like Luigi and Super Mario yeah. are going to build this thing up yeah. in, what, uh, yes. two months? It won't take long. They'll be fine. They'll Have get it, it done. Together. Outdoor rink. Who needs a roof? Yeah. I uh. just I just know that he's not really upset about this news. Let's just say that. He doesn't, what, want, what do to, he doesn't want to stop the league, Kip. What do you think the Coyotes need to build the rink now? It's going to be at least five years. Oh, an exorcism, a few Hail Marys. They, they need help. Um, Borny, you want to talk about your Islanders? No. <laughs> Islanders have... Um, we, I had, have it here. What's that, the stat I had for you there? Yeah, I can pull it up. Are we just uh, to conclude, I got JB, it. that uh, Lou Lamorello's never getting fired there I don't know either? what's going on there. I know sometimes people are frustrated. You think they would? Them. I think they would. Okay. The Islanders have... Um, Trailed for 10 minutes per game this season, which is the second fewest in the entire NHL. 10.02 to be exact. So they, uh, they're barely chasing the game. So easy to play when you're tied or out front. They've led for almost 25 minutes per game, seventh most in the NHL. Um, and they just blow leads, man. They blow leads all the time. 10 third period leads they've blown. They're up 4-1 against Do- the Sharks and blew it. Do we have uh, their captain... Uh- Lee, we do. On, uh, Derek, on his do comments yeah, on we, blowing the lead. We do have that. Clip. I'd love to play it. Okay. Yeah, I don't got. Yeah, I don't got any words for you on that. That's just. It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna use that on loop. It's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. It's bad. It's really bad. Okay, that, that is. Can we have? Okay, Derek. Can we have Brad May, and then Lee back well, to back? Oh, well, it's not good. No, he's he's. Well, it's not good. It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like their season. It's not good, too. Crazy it's bad. Though. You mentioned the Islanders. I wanted to flag this because it's coming up. Oh, Leafs yeah, have this. two opponents before they go to Islanders. They have the Sens tomorrow night, and then they have the Preds on Saturday. John Tavares is four points away from one thousand for his career. So potentially, what happens in the next two games? He could be heading into Long Island with a chance to get to 1,000 points in an arena where he is absolutely beloved. And he will be feted. They will, oh, they will, oh, the, they will the applause, the ovation. He may get it before Nothing then, though. Nothing tastes more delicious than schadenfreude. <laughs> <laughs> no, he won't get it. He, no, he, he's streaky, though. I'm telling you right now. And he's, he's getting due. His, he's getting his thousandth on Monday. What's he got? A couple Island. of goals in, what, 14? Two 13? goals in his last 14, I think, yeah. So. It, we go through this every year with him. Yeah. And literally every year. Yeah. And it's just like I don't just don't even think about it really. Have nine it, points yeah, in three gonna, games. It'll happen up. quick. So, but I, I, I'm curious. You know, no way, no way. I, eventually, Vince no. Carter got some applause no. in Toronto, and it was despicable. Well, maybe this will be despicable too. But maybe some people aren't as cold hearted as you, and they no, let people this is, back. This is wrong. Sports fans should be pissed. How it played out to, in their minds was unacceptable, and that's in their minds, and they can think whatever they want to think. They're a passionate fan base. I stand with the people of Long Island and how they feel about John Tavares. I really do. 
I get God, it. He's not buying your participation no, trophy. No, man. It's a sport. It's sports. You're I'm, supposed to have hate. You're supposed I'm to not be a mad at people. I, I just think Boo. that if someone gives you nine years yeah, of service listen, and I get is, it. you know, your best player and get good it. in the community. And, I get buddy. You know, exercises are right within it. Listen. I get it. I was Boo in the Gillies household man. talking to Clark about it at the yeah. time. What did he say? He didn't like it. Yeah. He was on Long Islander's side. And so for me... I got to listen to that and yeah. understand that they're frustrated. I get Eventually it. Eventually it's going to, Tavares didn't rip the city apart. He didn't tell, he didn't tell him he was going to stop dunking. <laughs> no, he did not do that. He played hard at least. Yeah. But so I, I think eventually Long Island may welcome him, but it is a tough nut to crack if they're not happy <laughs> with you there. I can tell you yeah. that. Okay. Uh, last year, I know this is, was mentioned also, but uh, the NHL going to Vegas to the sphere. Yes, oh, to the it. giant emoji. Yeah. Love okay, it. this is this is the last time that they're going to do a traditional draft they're going to save money. Bang. So they go and spend all of it. All of it <laughs> at the sphere. What am I missing here? Do you have a saving mo- spending money to save money? Kipper, uh hear anything about how much it cost him? Yeah, a ton. Okay. Seven figures? Yes, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, multiple seven figures? Yes. To me, it makes it a spectacle. It makes it something you watch. It makes it something good for the league. Okay, so rather than Iserman's kitchen, they're in danger that it it could be too good. Yes, and then they would have to do neat things for the fans. Have to go back. I'm I'm sure everyone's gonna be so you know happy to be like, well, we'll never do that again. Yeah, when it's like all the writers get to go to Vegas and everybody's in Vegas. Here's Zoom video of Yarbo Kekalainen's. You ever ever catch that second day when like? They're halfway through the second day, and general managers and their t- tables want to get up and leave and yeah. catch flights and get the heck out. Maybe you just do one day, then. I don't know. No, two days. That's got to be double day. Nah, You're there maybe anyway. Everybody right. will stay the extra day. Wow, what a show. Yes. Jam-packed today. Our thanks to Brad Tree Living, Gord Stella, Jamal Mares, as he gets ready for Wednesday Night Hockey on the network. 25 hours and five minutes till the Leafs play. Oh. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs> We're back tomorrow. All right, so